Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Himalaya. You're listening to Think Like an Economist, a Himalaya learning production. For exclusive content like bonus episodes and supplemental materials for this podcast and others like it, go to Himalaya.com slash econ and enter promo code econ, E-C-O-N, at checkout to get your first 14 days free. It's time to think like an economist. Betsy, how often would you go for coffee if a cup cost $4? Probably once a day. I mean, I really like coffee. And how about if the price goes up to $8 a day? Oof, well, $8 is a little bit too expensive for me to buy a cup every day. Maybe I'll go out once a week for a treat, you know, on Fridays or something. And what if coffee is cheaper, say only $2 a cup? Oh, that's easy. I'll get a coffee every morning, one in the afternoon too. And I'll probably take some work to the coffee shop in the afternoon. Okay, so cheaper coffee means more coffee for Betsy. Exactly. In fact, this is known as the law of demand. The idea that we want more of something when the price is lower. And when the price goes up, we buy less. It applies to almost everyone and to almost everything that they buy. Demand is our focus for this episode of Think Like an Economist. I'm Betsy Stevenson. And I'm Justin Wolfers. And we'll be teaching you the tools that you need to think like an economist. It's a journey that'll transform your life and help you make the best decisions tailored to you. Journalist and former economics student Nastaran Tavakoli Far joins us as we dive in. Hey, Justin. Hey, Betsy. You've just mentioned demand. I think this is one of the main concepts we think of when we hear the word economics, the other being supply. Yep. And we're going to focus on supply in the next episode. For now, our focus is on demand, which is simply the set of decisions you make when you're a buyer. We've already discovered the law of demand, that the lower the price of something, the more of it you'll buy. It's a big idea in economics. When an idea is this big, economists often want to graph it and give it a name, like the demand curve. We're not going to draw the graph now, but realize that it's easy enough to draw a graph that summarizes the idea that I'll buy more coffee when the price of coffee is low. There's an underlying logic to Betsy's coffee choices, and indeed all buying or demand decisions. So if you want to understand where the law of demand comes from, we'll need to apply the four core principles of economics. Let me see if I can remember these. There's the marginal principle, which reminds us to break down how many questions into just considering whether we should choose one more or the marginal change. The cost-benefit principle, this is about the full pros and cons of each choice, including remembering the opportunity cost principle, which reminds you to ask, or what? You know, what would you be choosing instead? 
And finally, we have the interdependence principle, which is about how our best choice depends on other factors. So let's apply these principles to an important buying decision. Like deciding how many times to head to the cafe each week to buy a coffee, perhaps? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. This is a how many question. How many coffees should you buy each week? The marginal principle reminds you to ask instead, should I buy one more? So Betsy, should you buy one more cup of coffee? I'm going to need to apply the cost-benefit principle to give you an answer. It says I should buy the extra cup of coffee if the benefit of that coffee exceeds the cost. The benefit of one more cup, which we call the marginal benefit, right now is really high for me. Why do you say that? I didn't get much sleep last night. I really could use the caffeine. And if I don't go out to the cafe to get a delicious handmade coffee, I'll have to grab one from the staff lounge. But the coffee in the staff lounge is almost undrinkably bad. It's true. Notice that Betsy's comparing buying that coffee to her next best alternative, which is drinking a sad, bad cup of coffee from the staff lounge. She's using the opportunity cost principle, which says you should always ask, or what? Comparing her current choice with her next best alternative. So I use the opportunity cost principle even when analysing the benefit of something like a cup of coffee. Yes. The point is that you should always ask, or what? And compare your choice to your next best alternative. So, Betsy, if you were going to buy only one cup of coffee each week, how much is it worth to you? What's the most you'd be willing to pay? You know, I'm not really that spendy, but there are times, maybe once a week, when I really need a place to meet and I want a good coffee. So in these cases, I'd pay up to $8 to have a cup of coffee inside a coffee shop. So that's the marginal benefit of your first cup each week, which depends on how much you value that first cup of coffee. So are you going to buy the coffee or not? Well, that also depends on the marginal cost. The marginal cost of a cup of coffee is simply the price of that cup. So if the price is less than $8, then yes, you bet. I'm definitely going to buy at least that first cup of coffee each week. Are you going to buy more than one cup? Well, it depends. It depends on the marginal benefit of that second cup and the price. A break at a cafe with a cup of coffee is so relaxing. The marginal benefit of the relaxation that comes with the second cup is worth about $5 to me. So five bucks is the marginal benefit of your second cup of coffee. Yep. So if the price of coffee is $5 or less, I'll go ahead and buy two cups of coffee a week. But if it's more than $5, I won't. Okay, so the marginal benefit of that second cup is lower. And because of this, you'll only buy more coffee if the price is lower. Pretty much. Going to a cafe also substitutes for making coffee at home, which takes my time and requires that I buy beans. If the price of coffee fell even further to $4, I'd buy my morning cup every day at the cafe just to avoid having to make it at home. So if the price falls further, the quantity you'll demand will rise even more. Yep, it's that law of demand again. Now let's focus on the logic that's driving Betsy's buying decisions. It's all about whether the marginal benefit of each cup of coffee outweighs the price she'll have to pay. The key idea here is something we call the rational rule for buyers. I only want to buy something if the marginal benefit is greater than the price. Okay, I see now. So the lower the price, the more likely it is that the marginal benefit of one more coffee is worth it. That's the logic behind the law of demand. And we can now see even more deeply that demand is all about marginal benefits. Your marginal benefits determine how many cups of coffee you'll buy at each price. It's an idea that applies to anything we buy, 
your marginal benefits determine whether it's worth buying one more and one more after that and so on. So like we said at the start, when the price of something goes down, you're likely to buy more of it. Yes, and it goes further. If the price goes down, some new people may enter the market. Naz, you're not a coffee drinker, but what if coffee only costs a dollar a cup? Yeah, I'd buy a cup. And just like that, another coffee customer. So if the price goes down, I'll buy more, Justin and many other folks will buy more, and at some point, new folks, like you, Naz, enter the market and start buying coffee too. Add it all up, and we see that the law of demand doesn't just hold for each of us. It also holds when you look across the whole market, including all coffee drinkers. The lower the price of coffee, the more they'll collectively buy. And how about the interdependence principle? Because that's not come up yet. Well, we're going to dig into that more shortly. But you can start to think about it by considering what happens to your demand for tea if the price of coffee falls so low that you actually buy a cup. You're right. I might end up buying less tea. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Betsy, Justin, not to sound rude, but I mean, is any of this realistic? I I personally studied economics, and even I never think about stuff I'm going to buy in this way. I mean, I'm just too busy for all of this. (laughs) Yeah, I I know what you mean. I can imagine. Naz, you might not be consciously thinking like an economist, using spreadsheets to evaluate your marginal benefits and costs, but you might come to similar conclusions just by experimenting a bit. You know, if you buy a bit more coffee this week or a bit less, you sort of see whether your life is better or worse. If buying more makes your life better, you'll stick with it. And if it did make your life better, that's because the marginal benefit outweighed the price of an extra cup. Experiment in this way, and you'll end up acting as if you're following the rational rule for buyers. Look, none of us are walking spreadsheets. I agree that's silly. The point here is the idea that when you're making buying decisions, you should think at the margin. Do I want one more cup of coffee? And your answer should really depend on comparing the marginal benefit with the price. And don't forget to take account of your next best alternative. Okay, so if the price of something goes down, we're likely to buy more of it. I feel like there are other things which will change my demand or how much of something I want to buy. Yes, and this is where the interdependence principle really comes in. Because the interdependence principle is about how my best choice depends on other factors. Things other than the price of coffee. So Naz, you already said that even though you prefer tea... If the price of coffee is low enough, you might buy coffee instead. It follows that when the price of alternatives to coffee, such as tea, or maybe even a Red Bull, changes, it can affect how much coffee you might buy. Hey, Naz, can you think of other factors 
accept the price that'll change how much coffee you're willing to buy at a nice cafe? Mm, so honestly, the first thing I can think of is how much money I'm making. If I'm short on money, I'll go to cafes less. If I'm earning more money, then I'll make more trips to the cafe. Absolutely. Income is one of the main things that affects our demand. With a lot of products, we'll buy more if we're earning more. We call these normal goods. But what's interesting is that there are some products we may buy less of if we're making more money, and we call these inferior goods. Instant coffee is an example of an inferior good. By the way, this has nothing to do with quality, even if you think instant coffee is not quite as good. When we say inferior good, it's really just the kind of thing you're going to buy less of when you earn more money because there are other more expensive substitutes you might buy instead, like switching from instant coffee to going to Starbucks. Beyond that, your preferences will also impact how much of something you're willing to buy. If studies suggest that coffee could be bad for your health, some people may switch to other drinks, like herbal tea. There are also products which complement coffee, such as little cakes and pastries. Yum. If these become cheaper, you might be more willing to buy a cup of coffee to drink with that new bargain treat. Another factor that will change your demand is expectations. This is related to what we think the price will be in the future. And how do expectations fit in? What am I expecting exactly? I'm a bit unclear on this. People wait for things to go on sale all the time. That's what we mean when we're talking about expectations. What do you think is going to happen to the price? The more likely you think it is that something's going to go on sale, the more likely you are to wait and see if you can get a lower price. For example, if you were thinking of heading for a mid-afternoon coffee and you expect the cafe to drop their prices after 4 p.m., you might just wait to buy your cup of coffee at that cheaper time. And finally, sometimes how much you want to use something depends on everyone else. Have you ever shown up at your favorite cafe and left because the line was just too long? Definitely. Yeah, so we call this the congestion effect, when you want to buy something less because other people are buying it. In this case, the busy cafe means that making a purchase is more of a hassle, effectively costing you more, so you'll be less likely to buy a coffee. You know, I feel like there are times I may want to use more of something if other people are into it too. So an example is messaging apps. I never used to use something like Telegram, but now loads of my friends are using it, so they've sort of convinced me to use it too. I mean, there's no other way of reaching them otherwise. Yes, this is actually called a network effect. It's the opposite of a congestion effect. It's where you want to buy something more if other people are also using it. Like you might be more willing to go buy a cup of coffee if you think you'll run into friends at the coffee shop. Or like you want to use that messaging app more because all your friends are using it. When we're thinking about the total demand for coffee across the whole market, there's one more factor to consider. How many people there are. The more people there are, the more potential coffee drinkers there are. And so the greater the quantity demanded will be at any price. That's also why we have to think about demographics, because different groups of people have different demand for different types of goods. So, for instance, if we had a big baby boom and there were a lot of new babies, we'd see a lot of demand for diapers. So, Betsy, Justin, we've just been through demand. Let's summarize. Demand is all about buying decisions. And the law of demand tells us that the lower the price, the greater the quantity that people will buy. And if you want to make smart buying decisions, my advice is to follow the logic behind the rational rule for buyers, which says to buy one more item as long as the marginal benefit exceeds the price. 
And if you're running a business, realize that price isn't the only thing that affects the quantity of your goods that people will buy. It also depends on their income, on the price of substitute or complementary goods, on preferences, on congestion and network effects, and on how many buyers there are. Is there anything you want our listeners to think about over the next few days? You'll actually be out in the real world making buying decisions. Use that as your laboratory for better understanding demand. So that means thinking about whether you're guided by your marginal benefits. Are there other factors that affect your demand decisions? Could you make better choices if you thought a bit harder about the rational rule for buyers? This is really handy. I'm going to try this all over the next few days. I'm off to make a cup of tea. Betsy and Justin, thanks for teaching me how to think like an economist. Naz, I'm off to get a cup of coffee. (laughs) It's a pleasure, Naz. And get out there and buy some things. Demand, demand, demand. (laughs) (laughs) To get the most out of this show, check out our bonus episodes and supplemental materials, available only on the Himalaya Learning Platform. Himalaya Learning provides bite-sized courses from world-class thinkers and industry experts such as Ariana Huffington, Malcolm Gladwell, Tim Ferriss, and more for you to enjoy in the app, on the go. To get the most out of this podcast and others like it, go to Himalaya.com econ and enter promo code econ, E-C-O-N, at checkout for your first 14 days free. It's time to think like an economist. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.